Uh, would you stand with me? We're going to read the word of God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Matthew, Matthew 16. And we're going to be reading from verse 13 all the way to 19. Um, from verse 13 all the way to 19. Matthew 16, verse 13 to 19. All right. I've never preached this message before. Okay. Um, it says this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, this is where we're going to really land this evening. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys. Somebody say keys. keys. Come on, say it again. Say keys. keys. He says, I will give you keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Father, we just thank you, God, for your word today, God. I pray, God, that the meditations of my mouth, the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart will be acceptable to your sight, O oh God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you have already ordained for this time, for this people that you so dearly love, God. Father, I pray that our hearts will be soft to receive the word of God, but mostly to apply it in our lives that you might receive the glory. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. amen. Now tell somebody next to you, say, you have authority. So walk in it. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. So we're talking a little bit about walking, walking in authority, walking in authority. Um, so I came on campus this evening and I saw these little robots <laughs> just taking over the sidewalk. And I found out that they deliver food. And by the time the food gets to where it's going, it's already cold. The Starbucks drinks have already spilled over. The ice cream is melted. Glory be to God. Well, you, I've got some food for you tonight. Can I tell you that it's hot? Come on, somebody. Amen. That is tasty. Amen. It's fresh bread from heaven. So I've been praying. So when I got the invitation, uh, Pastor Josh asked me if I would come and share. And whenever I get the invitation to come and share, I, I always ask the Lord, okay, God, what is my assignment tonight? What is my assignment? I, I take the word of God very seriously. I take what God is doing in your lives and what he's doing with us collectively very, very seriously. And I knew there was an assignment from the spirit of the Lord for me here tonight with you. Um, and I will tell you that part of this assignment is this. By the time we are done this evening, God is going to set somebody free. 
I said, by the time we're done, God is going to set somebody free. Because there are many here than that who have been burdened by a spirit of anxiety. Some of you have been burdened by a spirit of depression. Others have been burdened by embracing lies of the accuser. There are others who need a touch from Jesus, the healer. There are eating disorders in this room. In the spirit of God, because he loves you so much, he wants you to walk in freedom. Amen. Some of us have the spirit of confusion, which has clouded your mind through the many voices that you're listening to. Now, that's not anything that's unique in our culture today in America today. Because we have the voice of secularism, the voice of humanism, we have academic voices, <laughs> critical race theory voice, we have political voices, LGBTQ voices, we have all these voices. And this is the thing, when, when people begin to listen to these voices and begin to take their value from things that are not of God, they miss their destiny and purpose for their life. So we got to be careful of what voices we're listening to. Um, one of my favorite songs, um, I used to sing a whole lot, it, it's, In a world of many choices, there's a call of many voices. When they all call out to greet me, I turn my eyes to thee. For I found in him a faithful friend who sticks with me to the very end. And I found in him a faithful guide. He calls me his very own. And I choose you again and again. I'll choose you again and again. You mean so much to me, dear Lord. I'll choose you again. I'll choose you again and again. And I'll choose you again and again. You mean so much to me, dear Lord. I choose you again. Why do we choose God? Because He is our, our Father, our Father. And He loves us. Amen. He loves us. Matter of fact, tell somebody next to you, say, God loves you. Almost as much as me. Because <laughs> that's his nature. Amen. And the Lord wants, listen, the Lord wants all of you to walk in freedom and to walk in power because his design is to bless you so that you might be a blessing. Your life is not just making it through so one day that you can be in heaven. No. God wants to bless you now so that you can be a blessing on this earth 
right now. Amen. Amen. He wants to use your life right now. Somebody say right now. Amen. He wants to do something right now. All right. And that requires that we learn to walk in the authority of God. That we learn to walk in the authority of God. That we learn to walk in the authority of God as God's children. Amen. So what does that look like? How do we position ourselves to do that? Well, we see that right here in the scripture. And the first thing that we need to do to walk in God's authority is we need to identify ourselves fully with Jesus. Hallelujah. Because somebody say amen, amen. Amen. The Bible says when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. So this is the question. Who is Jesus to you? Really? I mean, who is he to you? See, that is such a critical question because we live in a very divided world when it comes to Jesus, right? And matter of fact, did you know that Jesus said that he would come to bring about division? And so when we think about Jesus, the Jews say he's a heretic. When the Muslims say that he's a prophet. Hindus say he's just one of the many gods. Did you know in your generation, there are 35% of your generation believe that Jesus was just a religious figure and most believe that he is not real historically in your generation. So who do you say he is? Who is Jesus to you? I love it in Revelations 19.16. It says that on his robe and on his thigh was written the name King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now hopefully for you he's also your Savior and your Lord. But who is he really to you? How is he described in scripture? I love it in John when he says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All the things that were made were made by him and nothing was made that was not made by him and in him was life and the life was a light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Why is that important? It's important because who you believe impacts what you believe and what you believe shapes the decisions you make and the decisions you make create the life you live and the life you live is either going to give glory to God or dishonor him. So who is he to you? Who is he really to you? Who is he really to you? Where are you getting your identity? I pray that it's in Jesus. Walking with authority means identifying with Jesus. And then watch this. It also means not just identifying yourselves in Jesus, but walking in authority means you need to be rooted in the church. Rooted in the church. Jesus replied, he said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now, we know church is the word ecclesia. It represents the worldwide church, the global church. It represents also the national church, but it also represents the local church. It represents what you're a part of here, this beautiful fellowship. 
this beautiful fellowship. And you know, one of the th unique things about this fellowship here is I, I don't know if I've ever been in a place where everybody looks good. Someone, come on, somebody. Come on, I should be getting a snack somewhere. <laughs> Amen. But Jesus did something. Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build it. Man does not build the church of God. Jesus builds it. And he says, no enemy of the church will prevail against it. So that means no kings, no nations, no politicians, no worldly systems, not Satan himself. And the key to us walking in victory and authority and power is, watch this, staying connected not only to Jesus, but staying connected to his church. You know why? Because his church is this delegated authority of government from heaven to the earth. So if you're not staying connected to the church, you're missing, you're not going to be connected to delegated authority from heaven to earth. That's why he taught his disciples to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, watch, thy will be done on, on earth as it is in what? See, God is a God of uh, God is a God who is a legal God. He does things through legal means. And part of the legal means is he has created a government. He has created a design that he wants you and I to walk in as we are being connected to the church. The church legislates. The church governs the spiritual realm to the earthly realm. And so it's not enough for us just to say that we are believers, that we are Christ followers. No, to walk in full authority, we have to walk with by being rooted in the church and rooted in the government that he's established. I love it how Psalm 92, 13 says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. To be disconnected from the church or to be disconnected from this fellowship is to be disconnected from the heavenly authority in the natural realm. I love Psalm 1. You know, as I think about Psalm 1, I think about some of you here tonight. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or sits in the way of the, the sinners or stands in the way of the unjust. His, his delight shall be in the law of the Lord and in the law he shall meditate day and night and he shall be planted. He shall be planted by rivers of water. His leaves shall not wither and everything he does shall prosper. Being planted. God has not only called us in a personal relationship, he has called us in a corporate relationship with one another so that we can govern together with one another. That's what it means to, to walk in authority. And this is what I found in all my years of being a believer, being a Christian, being a pastor. When we come together like this in unity and fellowship, how many know we create an environment with God where miracles can happen? Let me ask, does anybody need a miracle tonight? Come on, don't be scared. Does anybody need a miracle tonight? Glory be to God. Does anybody need a miracle tonight? And I've seen it over and over and over. When we allow ourselves to be in the presence of a living God, when we fellowship together, when we come together, it builds our faith to expect even the impossible. It's about 15 years ago, and my mother was diagnosed with a condition it's called trigeminal neuralgia. Now, many of you probably have never heard that term, but trigeminal neuralgia is one of the most painful conditions that a person can experience. It's a nerve condition in the face. 
And it's so painful that when it comes upon you and it will come upon her numerous times a day, it would feel like that she has been hit by a lightning bolt. She couldn't eat. She could barely drink. She was so she was in so much pain. She was immobilized. She was in a wheelchair. She went to doctor after doctor. She even went to a doctor named uh, Dr. Carson, one of the greatest neurologists in the, the world has ever known. All right. To no avail. And then one day she came up from Florida and she was staying with me and we were getting ready to have these revival services and she was in so much pain and I said, Mommy, Mom, you, you could just stay home and rest. She said, no, I want to go, I want to go. So we wheeled her in into a room very similar to this. And there was an evangelist, he was preaching. And all of a sudden you sensed the, the spirit of the Lord in the place as, as people, as the faith of the people were rising because of the word of God. And in the middle of just us worshiping, no one prayed over her, no one touched her. All of a sudden, she started saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The same woman that came in in a wheelchair was supernaturally healed. She walked out of that room. The next day, she went to Red Lobster. Come on, somebody. <laughs> The next day she went shopping at Macy's. Come on, somebody. Glory be to God and the wheelchair was gone. What happened? There is power when we come together corporately. When we're rooted together in the body of Christ and in the church. And there's authority. There's authority. So, walking with authority means identifying with Jesus, being rooted in the church. Now watch this. Watch this. Tell somebody, watch this. That we might receive and use the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So he goes on. Jesus goes on and say, says this. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whether Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So he uses the symbolism of keys. Of keys. Now keys mean many different things. It means keys mean authority. In other words, to open or close something. Keys also means access to gain entry to a place. Keys means ownership for those who, um, whose parents own a house or you own a car. The keys to open it. Keys mean authorization. I have a key to the job or the building that I, I, I work at. Keys mean control or the ability to give people access. Keys mean power to keep someone in or keep someone out. Keys mean freedom to come and freedom to go. This is the symbolism of keys that Jesus is using. Now, this is the issue. Most believers have no idea that there are keys or authority available to us. Where the keys work or how they work in our life here on earth. So I just, on my way of house, out of my house, I looked into a drawer and this is what I found. A set of keys. Now at least I knew where to look for keys, right? But guess what? I have no idea what these keys go to. I'm serious. I have no idea. Now there's a key that looks like a, a car key that I'm sure I no longer have. I, I mean, there are keys that I had no idea what these keys go to. And see, that's the problem with most believers. Not only do they do not know that they have authority or keys, they don't know how to use them. And Jesus says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What is that? 
What is that? The kingdom of heaven represents God's sovereign rule over the universe, including the earth and the hearts of, or lives of those who willingly submit to God's authority. He's talking about kingdom, his kingdom. It represents domain. It represents rule. Okay, his it represents power. It represents authority. It is a spiritual kingdom and is similar to earthly kingdoms because a kingdom, a spiritual kingdom has government. It has laws. I heard you studying the Ten Commandments, right? It has laws. A kingdom has citizens. A kingdom has culture. A kingdom has a language. A kingdom has financial system. And God has established his kingdom his kingdom, his earthly kingdom, he has established it for his glory. All right? Now watch this. Now watch this. When Jesus came to earth, he, just not, he didn't come just to die. He didn't just come that he might be your savior, even though that's good. Amen? He didn't just come to give you eternal life. Jesus came that you and I might have authority and have dominion every place we step. He came to give you authority in his kingdom. He came to reestablish his kingdom right here on earth. Well, what happened to it? Well, it was lost. When was it lost? It was lost when Adam sinned. It was lost when he was deceived by the enemy. And when he was deceived by the enemy, guess what? The authority that man should have had to have dominion was shifted to Satan. You remember the story? I, I don't know. If you remember the story in, in Matthew chapter 4. And Jesus had just was been, had been fasting and praying. Now he's in the wilderness. And the Bible says he was in the wilderness to be, to be tempted by the devil. And you remember what the devil said? He, said? he said he took him to an exceedingly high mountain. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And this is what the enemy said. He says, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Why could Satan do that? He could do that legally because Adam, the first Adam, lost the kingdom. He lost his dominion by sinning against God, and he gave it over to Satan. Now the second Adam, who is Jesus Christ, returns to the earth and why does he return yeah he returns for you and me for salvation but he returns so that he might establish authority and his kingdom back on earth back on earth matthew 4 17 writes this from that time jesus began to preach and say repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand jesus would go on and say this and you guys know this passage. He was saying Matthew 28, 18 to 20, all authority has been given to me in heaven on earth. Go therefore. Who's he talking to? He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to us. Because now he has get, taken authority. All right. He says, go therefore. And what? He says, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you and I will be with you always even to the end of the age. What is he saying? He is saying, I have given you the keys of authority to usher in, watch this, to usher in my kingdom domain to every nation, 
to every tribe, to every tongue, to every people's group. But watch it. Everybody look at me for a second. And not just this. Let me make this real for you right now. He wants us to impact every area of culture in our nation and in our world. See, some of you have come. You're not here just to prepare to get a job. Can I tell you that? You're not here to prepare to get a job. That's not what God has you here. And I can say that I have, I have four kids. Two went to Liberty University. One went to, uh, one went to UVA. One went to Virginia Tech. There's a, that's a lot of rivalry in my house. Can anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> None of them went to college to get a job. I wouldn't let them think that way. They went to college to prepare for God's assignment for their life. You're not here to get a job. God wants you to be prepared to walk into that kingdom assignment he has established for you. Some of you are going to be assigned to the mountain of business. Some of you are going to be assigned to the academic institutions. Some are going to be assigned to a government agency. Some are going to be assigned to a place of art, media, and entertainment. Even in the realm of religion, some of you are going to be assigned to do what? To take dominion. To bring about God's glory in that place. Listen, you already have an assignment right here at JMU to take dominion for the kingdom of God. To represent Christ right here where you are. You have an assignment. But this is what happened. We begin to hear different voices. Because the enemy does not want you to walk in your assignment. He does not want you to walk in your dominion right now. See, it's not about, listen, guys, it's not about living your life and then one day just getting to heaven to live forever. No, it's about establishing the kingdom of God right here, right where you are. You have a job. I have a job. We have assignment that the glory of God might be manifested in us right where we are. But this is what happens. This is what happens. Because of the voices, because of the choices, we allow the enemy himself, Satan, to, be bring, to bring us into places of bondage. You see, Jesus recognized that. He recognizes that there were demonic forces because of our call, because of our assignment, because the kingdom of God had been reestablished. He, he, he understood that there would be demonic forces that would come against us. Demonic forces. So what does he say? He says, I will give you keys to the kingdom of heaven that we might be able to what? To bind and to loose. To bind and to loose. To bind what, Pastor Rob? First of all, he wants us to bind every demonic force that wants to tempt, to tempt you and attack you. Now, Paul wrote it this way, no temptation comes to man but, is, but what is common to man, but God is faithful. He'll not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with every temptation, he will make a way of escape. Now, God makes a way of escape for all of us in temptation. The question is, do you take the way? Or do you take the temptation? And see, binding means this. Whatever you bind on heaven, will, on earth will be bound in heaven. Binding means this. When you feel that temptation to sin or to do something that you know is not godly, 
Binding means this. We have the ability before we walk into that temptation to bind that spirit, that spirit of depression, that's the spirit of anxiety, that spirit of, of, of sexual morality. We have the potential and authority to bind that before it binds us. Now, this is the reality. So many in the body of Christ have already been bound. They have been. I see it every day. We have things like celebrate recovery because people are still bound. And so you know what God says? Not only will I give you authority to bind, I will give you authority to loose. That should be good news to somebody. Amen. That means that thing that has you blocked up, locked up, that spirit that has you in a place of just total condemnation, that spirit that has you in a place where you can't break fear, whether it's addiction, sickness, depression, doubt, or fear. Jesus says, that I will give you authority to loose it off of you, to take it off of you. To bind is to restrict, to restrain, to tie down or lock up. To loose is to free up, release, let go. And God says, watch this, I got you. I got you. You could be free, amen. I got you, amen. You could be released, amen. I got you. That thing doesn't have to be a burden in your life because I've given you authority, authority. So we have to identify with Jesus. We have to be rooted in the church that we might receive and use the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Then watch this last thing. We need to appropriate our authority by praying in unity in the name of Jesus. So pastor, so how do I deal with this thing that, I, I, that I'm bound by even tonight? And I don't know who, who this is for. I don't know if, once again, if, if it's a depression, anxiety. I don't know if it's a, a sexual sin. I don't know if it's a, any stronghold. But, but how do I get free? How do I get free? Matthew 18, 1820, it says this. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bound on, bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. And then Jesus says this, again I say to you, watch this, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. See, God gives legal right to be set free through witnesses, to use our authority in praying to receive power and freedom to overcome every demonic force when we are in agreement in a spirit of unity, praying with those in the church who are also rooted in the church and rooted in Christ and praying in the name of Jesus. I don't know, we, when I was a little boy in a little, little church in um, Washington, D.C., little Baptist church. We, we used to sing, you guys probably heard this song, In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Satan, you have to flee. Oh, tell me who can stand before us when we call on that great name. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, we have 
are the victory. Why is it important that you're free? It's important that you're free so that you can help set other people free. How many believe the devil is having his way on this campus? Come on now, somebody told me this was a party school. <laughs> and I know it's not a Holy Ghost party. <laughs> How many know people are in bondage here? They're in trouble here. And God has given you authority. God is doing, giving you authority to bring about the glory of God to every environment and situation and person that you come in contact with. But you have to be free. You first have to be free. And watch this, guys. And then you have to take on your responsibility with one another to come alongside together. The spirit of unity and love to defeat the enemy.